0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.
1: Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMoran, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name is Dave McMoran and this week our guest is Lily Clegg. Hello. Hi Lily, thanks for coming along. Of course. On a cold Dunedin <laughs> evening. Um, Although the weather's been better here than it's been everywhere else in New Zealand today it would seem So that's something Um, Lily is in the final throes of a Masters in Chemistry at Otago University And so we'll be talking a bit tonight about what she's been up to for her research Which is um, a bit different to what people might normally expect chemistry is But before we get into that, we'll play a bit of music that she's brought along And so the first one is
0: Uh, You Can't Save Me by Sire
1: Okay, here we go in another
0: time
1: You listening to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, where tonight we're talking to Lily Clegg, who's Hello. been doing, spending the last two years, I suppose?
0: Yeah, year and a half, yeah.
1: Doing a master's in astrochemistry. Yeah. So how has this happened?
0: So originally I was kind of wanting to do computational chemistry, but I still kind of wanted to do a little bit of experimental work. So I still wanted to kind of keep my options open. And um, a girl, Sam McIntyre, just above me, had done a cross project with Courtney Ennis and Dr. Courtney uh, Anna Garden. And so I was like, I'll give that a go. So I've ended up kind of falling into this project here, yeah.
1: So Anna is in the chemistry department as a computational chemist. Yeah and Courtney is in the chemistry department as an astrochemist. Yeah. But there is quite a, even though he's an astrochemist, there is still quite a close tie-up with with computational stuff, I suppose. Yeah. so
0: he uses kind of different software. So that's been a big challenge Mm. of my project, is I've been playing with VASP, which is what, like, Anna Garden uses, and then I've been also using Crystal, which is what Courtney uses. So I'm trying to learn to kind of marry them both and work all of their parts into both of it, I guess.
1: (laughs) I mean, I suppose one of the reasons it seems to me that computational chemistry trying to understand reactions by doing calculations would be important for astrochemistry is that it's a bit tricky you, you can't do reactions in test tubes the way that you would normally do
0: oh no you <laughs> it's no. More tricky
1: so you have to infer a lot of what's going on rather than actually doing it
0: yeah
1: yeah so what is it then What are the reactions that you've been interested in?
0: So I've been kind of looking at trying to form these big systems, which are kind of called like polyaromatic hydrocarbons. And that's because in space, there's kind of this large discrepancy between what is predicted from astrochemical modeling and then what's kind of detected. So I'm trying to look at to see if these little small hydrocarbons can kind of form these big systems, like conjugated benzenes kind of just, Big systems that can 't be detected with IR because they 're too big to see those rotational things so right.
1: so yeah. let 's unpack a whole bunch of those things oh yeah <laughs> uh, so first of all you 're looking I, I, I have I have notes from that you provided earlier um, helpfully so you 're specifically interested in carbon yeah. right, so out in space, mm-hmm. there are all sorts of different elements oh, yeah. right yeah um, everything that 's on earth, I suppose is in space to some extent or other yeah because that 's where it started off. Um, but you're particularly interested in carbon. And why are you particularly interested in carbon?
0: Because it's just in space. There's a carbon's pretty much in every single building block. And we're quite interested because there's about, I think, a 20% discrepancy in what they're expected. So we're trying to really figure out where it is. And since carbon's kind of that basic building block of everything, we're quite interested to see where it is. Right. Yeah. And
1: I suppose we're interested in carbon because car- we're, we're carbon-based life forms. Yeah, exactly. And so if we want to try going looking for for life. life forms yeah, and they are built the same way as us, then that means carbon. Yeah, exactly. And so missing carbon yes, might we- mean that it's been incorporated into aliens with fancy cloaking technology. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or, <laughs> or it could be something more straightforward. Yes. But nonetheless, <laughs> you want to try and find out a way to work out where it's gone yeah and so the theory then is is that it's that it's not there because somehow the theory is wrong or because you can't see it yeah so you can't see it
0: yeah so we're kind of predicting that they are in those kind of big systems so if they're so big and they've got no rotational bands or fancy chemistry talk for you, you just can't detect right it
1: yeah because out in space yeah. how do you i mean how Assuming you could see them, how do you see them?
0: So they've got kind of like, friendly way? yeah, like specific kind of fingerprints that you could see on the like IR, which is just infrared.
1: So that's what. So what is infrared? Looking at in the molecules. So the
0: vibrations and the molecular kind of fingerprints within right. the molecule. Okay, again.
1: and so you get different vibrations depending on the composition of the molecule. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: And the unique. So every like every molecule is a very unique fingerprint yeah. from that.
1: Yeah. And then you also talk, talked about rotational as well, which I've never understood, but somehow by by looking at how the molecules are spinning, you can yeah. identify them.
0: Yeah, so I haven't looked as much into that, but it's yeah. definitely like, it's that's to do with astrochemical modelling, it's kind of just how it spins, because apparently every molecule has an inherent way that it rotates and moves, so they can kind yeah. of... Work from the how they'd expect them to vibrate. So, especially in calculations, you can kind of predict how the molecule might move. Like it might just have a carbon and a hydrogen; they both move, or one they move opposite directions and stuff right. like that. Okay. Yeah.
1: And you know what to expect because the molecules you're looking for, by and large, you can make. Yep. Or either exist on Earth or you can make them on Earth. Exactly. Yeah. So you 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 measure these properties on Earth, and then yep. you go, okay, well that's what it should be. Let's go look for it out in space. Exactly radio telescopes or whatever yeah and then you don't see it yeah and so the theory then is is that you're looking for little carbon molecules but somehow they're all being built up into big yeah much bigger molecules which don't which are invisible to these ways of looking at yeah, them exactly right? yeah So how then is that happening?
0: So we're using this um, space rock, which is called olivine. And this is kind of, it's quite geology science. It's quite complex, but it's pretty much made up of uh, magnesium, iron, oxygen, and silicon. And pretty much we're... Other papers have kind of seen that they can use this rock to kind of get the little building blocks, which is acetylene in my case, which is just two carbons, two hydrogens, to kind of bind to this rock in a certain configuration that means they can react, because in space it's really cold, so things don't move that quickly, so... These like space rocks can kind of work as to catalysize the reaction speed it up, help it react. If they hold these things together,
1: right? So, so these little wee molecules, like yep. like acetylene, mm-hmm. which I think people probably have, have heard of, um, you would be able to see those yep. with your with the radio telescopes. Yep. And so the idea is is that somehow they're combining together. Yeah. To make these things which you can't see. Exactly, yeah. On the surface of these little wee particles. Yeah. Which are in space. Yeah. Right. And in particular then, I think again from your notes, you're interested in how this might happen in a particular region of space. Yes, yes.
0: So... Dr. Courtney Ennis, one of our supervisors, he loves Titan. So we're looking at Titan. It also is really good use because it's got a really large reservoir of those little hydrocarbons and of the acetylene. So it means, oh, and the olivine. So it means that we right. can be quite confident that if we were modelling that, those resources would be in abundance to have this reaction occur. Yeah.
1: And just to remind us. Titan is a moon of Saturn. Saturn. It's Saturn's biggest moon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then, it seems like we know a fair bit about what's going on on Titan already.
0: Yes. Yes. So it's got quite a similar kind of regional like weather transfer in the sense of in the early days of Earth, we kind of had this like weather pattern and instead of like we've got water on earth but in like titan they've got like methane gas reservoirs that kind of react in the same way water might react here but it's quite um similar to what early earth is predicted to be like
1: right yeah before the plants came around yeah. and made all the oxygen yeah before we yeah. were here too right. yeah yeah okay and so you've got lots of methane then yep. which is the the pretty much the simplest carbon molecule yep. you can get um and that can get turned into acetylene yes. on these little these little particles.
0: Yes. Yep. So in Titan they've kind of got all these big haze layers. And these kinda of, this is quite a lot to unpack, but these haze layers can kind of be made up of different types of molecules depending on like how reactive they are. So methane can kind of be hit with light, UV light, which You know, you see those little pens that you use to make little patterns? Yeah. They can work to kind of break up these methane into smaller molecules like the acetylene, which then we can use. So as like a particle like olivine kind of falls through these haze layers on the way to Titan, it can react around and on that surface and kind of try and build up these big carbon
1: systems. Right. And and the, the little olivine particles themselves are sucked into titan's gravity but from just from space yeah
0: so quite commonly a common source of olivine is like comets so it's just like the natural degradation degradation of these kind of particles and they just break off break off and they just start falling through titan's atmosphere okay about like two to three days i think it's natural kind of time that it takes yeah and
1: then they they sort of um suck up the little molecules as they fall through yeah
0: so they can kind of freeze out so since titan's so cold they can kind of freeze onto the molecule and just stick there really yeah okay
1: cool so you 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 said at the start that Mm -hmm. you're both doing computational chemistry but also experimental chemistry so you're doing experiments to try and mimic mimic this yeah yeah so how does that work
0: so it's, it hasn't been easy, it hasn't been too successful so far But um, we're kind of modelling it off another paper But they use a different, um, they use mass spectrometry spectrometry it's right. a different detection method which i'm not even gonna go into because it's a whole nother rabbit hole but yep. um, um they kind of had this method which they followed so what we've done is i got some olivine rocks from the geology department here and i've had um dr james scott help me out a lot with this sort of stuff and i've kind of crushed it up and i made these tiny little pellets and um i've mixed them with a chemical which is ir invisible so when i crushed these little pellets the point of mixing them is so that the olivine signal doesn't get completely overwhelmed. Right. So you can kind of see what's building on the surface when we're doing things. So we take these little disks, we put them in this kind of high-pressure, high-temperature cell. Now, I got very confused for first, start, but the reason I'm using high temperatures is just because to speed up these reactions, because it could right. take a very long time otherwise.
1: Yes, because I mean, you kind of got alluded to this earlier, but not only is in space is it very cold, but the concentrations of these molecules is very low. So yep. the chances of two of them bumping two of them bumping into each other to do yeah. a reaction is very, very low. Yeah. So everything takes ages. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I you can't have... really <laughs> copy that because you only have two years. Exactly. <laughs> and these have so,
0: been forming for what's been predicted for thousands and yeah. thousands of years. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, your scholarship won't run that long.
0: No, no. <laughs> I don't think I will either.
1: <laughs> so you do it at high temperatures. Yeah.
0: And, and then
1: you and then you take your little olivine pellets. You expose them to methane.
0: I actually use the the acetylene gas. To
1: acetylene gas. And then you're looking to see whether the acetylene gas can actually turn into these bigger things.
0: Yeah, so what I've been doing is I put it into these little cells and then I pumped the acetylene gas through and then I kept monitoring it. So I kept heating up the cell every... Oh, just to keep it like consistently like, every 10 minutes-ish. And I went from room temperature to about, I think it was 400 degrees Celsius right. to kind of see if I can push these to form. And I did, when I was monitoring it, I did see changes, but they weren't exactly the changes I wanted
1: to see. So I suppose in theory, what you're looking for is if you can see the acetylene, yeah. you can see the vibrational, pr- mm-hmm. characteristic vibrationalness of the acetylene, yeah. and it's turning into these things which are supposed to be invisible. Yeah then the signals should all just disappear. Yes. And so, then, and then, then you have nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also there's a whole lot of like shifts that we could see because we're looking at kind of like a small scale, very concentrated amount. We could be we should be able to see these kind of shifts from different carbon hybridizations and stuff, which is very complex. But yep. <laughs> we can kind of see how the carbon environments change and move and shift and stuff. And right. the acetylene concentration goes down, which yep. is the best indication. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so did you see that?
0: Yes, we did see that. Right.
1: <laughs> we did definitely see that. But did you make the things that you proposed that? No, turning into?
0: No, I charcoaled a whole lot of carbon, <laughs> which I got a ECM from uh, James Scott again, and it just showed a whole lot of flecky carbon on the rock surface. <laughs>
1: right. Which, to my understanding of things, would also explain the IR signal disappearing, if that's what was happening on Titan.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could do. But it's yeah.
1: not going to be that because it's not going to happen if you don't have the high temperature. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, it was and it, it was a result, yeah, was but difficult. not the result that you want. Yeah. Thinking.
0: So, now I'm really diving into the computations to see if it's kind of even plausible. Right. So, it could have just been that I didn't have the perfect setup for yeah. it. It could just be super finicky or it could just be very un like undoable, very rare to happen, all that
1: sort of stuff. Or that it just doesn't happen at high temperature. Yeah. exactly do have to wait for a thousand
0: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. which i'll never know
1: (laughs) (laughs) so then how do the calculations help how do that work
0: so you can kind of break it down into really small steps so i think i've heard a lot of talks like on your show where they talk about these mechanisms and these are like step by step how a reaction might come from one molecule to another so say acetylene to another acetylene joining into it to form diacetylene so i can kind of hone down on those really small molecular atom by atom steps and see if these are favorable in the energetics. so if it's really high in energy you need a really high energy input for it to happen it's
1: not it's very unlikely that it will occur yeah because that's the thing isn't it If, if this is happening in space like we've been saying at these really low temperatures yeah any sort of energy input that's needed to make the reaction go chances are it's not going to happen yeah exactly yeah yeah and so how's that so what are the other are results then suggesting that it is feasible to
0: yeah her- well it took me quite a long time it's taken me six months to get one particular molecule actually so even from just having two acetylenes on the on the olivine surface, I've been trying to kind of combine them to make this intermediate that is then loses some hydrogens. But when yeah, that doesn't matter. But yeah. um, it's taken me about six months for it to get to work. It just randomly worked one day. I had been trying and trying and trying, and then I was trying to write up a bit of my thesis, and I was kind of given it. Thought it would fail, kind of called it a fail. Just randomly calculated it, and I showed my supervisor Anna. She was like, "Hold on, a minute. Have you looked at this?" Hmm. And I was like. I've been trying to get that for six months <laughs> so at the moment it's still only just starting to kind of work out because right. I've done a really a lot of work on just the cell itself the surface itself because it's not really that well investigated
1: because that's the other thing isn't it is that and this is kind of what a lot of Anna's I mean we've had a bunch of students on the show over the years and i um, talking about nanoparticles yeah And one of the key things about making chemical reactions happen on the surfaces of these nanoparticles is that it very much depends on what bit of the surface you're talking about, right? Because the surface isn't the same everywhere. Somewhere you've got oxygen, somewhere you've got magnesium in your case, sometimes ions or whatever. Mm -hmm. And whether the acetylene is stuck to somewhere where there's oxygen or something makes a huge difference. It
0: does, yeah. So
1: you've got to, first of all, really try and understand what the surface of the particle is, before you can start working out how reactions might happen. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I also did a lot of investigations on how does acetylene itself may bind to olivine because I didn't find anything on this. Does
1: does it stick to the oxygen or does it stick to the Exactly, Yeah, yeah. exactly. And
0: looked at the energetics of each one of those Mm -hmm. where it might stick. So I've done a lot of investigations on that. So I've kind of done... A lot of verification of what the SL may look like. A lot of um, Anna's group members are kind of building up on already known surfaces, whereas mine's a very new surface. Yeah. So it's taken a and lot of... And a bit
1: more complicated co- than yeah. some of them too, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's a bit more real world.
0: Yeah, it's quite finicky, but yeah. I, I still love it. I love a bit of a challenge, so...
1: <laughs> cool. Um, time's running away. So you almost finished. Yeah. What next for you?
0: I'm hoping to do a PhD. Yep. I'm hoping to stick around and do a PhD. More I really, of the same? Or, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure yet. I do like doing experimental work and i also really like the computational so i'll just have to kind of wait and see how it all wraps up i think but yeah i'm definitely will do some computational for sure cool. just unsure if i still want to do some experimental work or not
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep going until you get one to work exactly so well thanks for coming along of course. and Well, the best for the writing up and, and <laughs> the marking you. and all that sort of jazz and um and And I will thank you all out there for listening as usual and remind you that you can listen to the show again next week at the same time and then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website, which is www.oar.org.nz. We will go out with Lily's second piece of music that she's brought along, which is...
0: It's the black keys, gold on the ceiling. It's one of my dad's... I always think of my dad when I hear the song, so I wanted to play it for him.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, Thanks for coming along and thank you everyone for listening. Science Notes, a program on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorran, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio.